the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you always for joining me today. And I hope you have been enjoying the guests that we've had. We've had some pretty great guests. We had Josh McDowell and we had Ruth Graham. Last week we had Rob Ekno. And really inspiring people that are really talking about just the season that we are in, in our nation and in our world. And so I thought it might be really helpful if... I really also spoke from my heart today, which is, you know, are you tired or actually weary? And there is a difference between being tired and being weary. And a lot of times we don't make this distinction. You know, weary or wearisome or weariness is kind of a biblical word in some ways. It's also a poetic word. It's kind of an older word, but it's very, very appropriate. And it's helpful when we are able to distinguish between the two. And the reason that I really kind of decided to talk about this today was because I was reading one of my devotionals on the 30th of September, which is my favorite one of all times. It's called Streams in the Desert. And it really talked a lot about this. And so I want you to know that weary really implies that the person is tired because they're beaten down by something. Tired simply implies that you either worked out too hard or you didn't get enough sleep. And so when you think about weary, you think about this is like getting beaten down. This is my life made me weary. I've been working this lousy retail job for minimum wage to support my 10 kids because, you know, their mother is doing heroin in truck stops. I don't know. And they're weary of doing the same thing. Maybe you're weary of if you're doing data entry, of doing the same thing over and over again. And so weariness 
if we're not careful, causes us to also lose hope. And it creates an enduring feeling of pain. Now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that pain is one of the greatest, I don't know, uh, precursors, uh, an impetus to addictive substances. One of the reasons that the majority of people are struggling with addictive tendencies or compulsive behaviors is there's an element of pain somewhere that they're not managing. So when you think about this, how important it is for us at this time in history, with all that we have going on just in our country alone, even just our state, but the entire world, and and what we're hearing, what we're seeing, we're seeing and hearing behaviors we didn't think adults would do, we didn't think would be um, even accepted And so we're getting weary in how long is this going to go on? Are are, are we going to actually, is this our new life? Is this our new way of living? And so I want to read this to you. And I have to tell you, it's kind of, I think this book was written in the 1920s. So the language is, is not necessarily current. But this is what it says. This is, it starts out with the verse in Deuteronomy chapter 32, 10 through 12. And he says, he guarded him. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. The Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him but the Lord. And so our, it goes on to say that our almighty God is like a parent who delights in leading the tender children in his care to the very edge of a precipice, and then shoving them off the cliff into nothing but air. Have you ever felt like that? That it's like the last thing you would think God would do is something that was frightening, scary, felt abandoning, felt hurtful. And so the author goes on to say he does this so they may learn that they already possess an as-yet-unrealized power of flight that they can forever add to the pleasure and comfort of their lives. And so this is fascinating that this is, God is saying, hey, I'm like the eagle, and I take you to the edge of the precipice, and I even push you off because I want you to know what I have made in you that you can depend on, things that you might not have ever tapped into. So it goes on to say that yet, if their attempt to fly, they are exposed to some extraordinary peril, he's prepared to swoop beneath them and carry them skyward on his mighty wings. This is what a mother eagle does. If the little baby eaglet is having a hard time, she sees it, swoops down underneath him, picks him up, puts him back in the nest, and he tries again. And so this is when he says, when God brings any of his children into a position of unparalleled difficulty, they may always count on him to deliver them. When God places a burden on you, he places his arms underneath you. So I'm going to say that one more time. When God places a burden upon you, he places his arms underneath you. So listen to this little story that the author spoke about. He says, There once was a little plant that was small and whose growth was stunted, for it lived under the shade of a giant oak tree. 
and the little plant valued the shade that covered it and highly regarded the quiet rest that its noble friend provided. Yet there was a greater blessing prepared for this little plant. One day a woodsman entered the forest with a sharp axe and felled the giant oak. And the little plant began to weep, crying out, My shelter has been taken away. Now every fierce wind will blow on me, and every storm will seek to uproot me. And the guardian angel of the little plant responded, No, now the sun will shine, and showers will fall on you more abundantly than ever before. Now your stunted form will spring up into loveliness, and your flowers, which could never have grown to full perfection in the shade, will laugh in the sunshine. And people in amazement will say, Look how that plant has grown, how gloriously beautiful it has become by removing that which was its shade and its delight. So, dear believer, do you understand that God may take away your comforts and privileges in order to make you a stronger Christian? Do you see why the Lord always trains his soldiers, not by allowing them to lie on beds of ease, but by calling them to a difficult march and service? He makes them wade through streams and swim swim across rivers and climb steep mountains and walk many long marches carrying heavy backpacks of sorrow. This is how he develops soldiers, not by dressing them up in fine uniforms to strut at the gates of the barracks or to appear handsome gentlemen to those who are strolling through the park. No, God knows that soldiers can only be made in battle and are not developed in times of peace. So we may be able to grow the raw materials of which soldiers are made, but turning them into true warriors requires the education brought about by the smell of gunpowder and the fighting in the midst of flying bullets and exploding bombs and not living through pleasant and peaceful times. So, dear Christian, could this account for your situation? Is the Lord uncovering your gifts and causing them to grow? Is he developing in you qualities of a soldier by shoving you into the heat of the battle? And should you not then use every gift and weapon he has given you to become a conqueror? And that was written by Charles Spurgeon. And how appropriate it is for today. Because, you know, we may not be in an in a actual battle, physical battle, But we are truly in a civil war, truly in a battle in our country, in our world, for ideals, for things that we know that if we live in a certain way, we we have more peace and more prosperity. And we have have an attack on basic values that we have come to just take for granted. And so what you want to think about, if your soul is weary, I want to give you some ways to bounce back. And so sometimes exhaustion really isn't about being physically tired, like we said, or in the need of some kind of emotional pickup. See, you might experience times when deep down, you're just done. You're just done trying. You're done caring. And so this is imperative that we understand the soul weariness, the weariness of mind, of heart, is, is a very serious thing. And it's one thing to be, you know, wow, I'm getting a little bit tired of this. It's another thing to have ongoing exhaustion that creates 
weariness because weariness creates apathy. And so we want to, to really understand there's a combination of recognizing it as, a, as natural and is also looking for specific ways to ease the feelings and eventually shift out of them. So one of these things is, you know, that this, this particular author talks about is this beautiful song, remember by the Beatles, it said, let it be, let it be. And so sometimes surrendering, you know, is part of what needs to happen in order to win the greater war. So be careful about what you're fighting about. Be careful what you're being passionate about. Be careful about what, what is taking your attention and, and, and stealing your heart. Be very careful. And, and you've heard me say the saying, acceptance, key to all my problems, right? So there are some things we just need to simply accept. Not because we agree. Acceptance does not mean agreement. Not always. Acceptance is simply saying, God, that boulder is too big. That is your problem. That is your job. And I'm going to do what you put in front of me because you will only give me what I'm able to actually do. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about what are these things we can do to help us if we have become weary and heavy laden. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Today we are really talking about this concept of tiredness or weariness and the difference between. And weariness is really about that feeling that nothing I'm doing is working. Do I just need to just roll over and and die to this? What what do I need to do? What, What is God doing in my life? When I feel like I'm hitting my head against a wall or I'm trying to move an immovable object and I'm thinking I heard from God, I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's something of, of value, of honor, of valor even. And I'm just getting exhausted. And I'm feeling a little bit apathetic. And now I have ongoing pain of just everything feels hard. So we, we ended in the last segment just talking about, you know, sometimes we need to just let things be, just like the Beatles song, right? We just need to surrender some to stop fighting it. See, soul weariness is here, and it wants to be honored. Some, and when I say it wants to be honored, it is because this is an, is an important experience to not ignore because it only gets worse. And and you will become more apathetic. You will be have a tendency then to want to do self-soothing behaviors that maybe aren't very healthy. Or you'll you'll just say to yourself, you know, in an apathetic way, I'm just tired of caring. I'm not going to care anymore. So life is this wild ride. And it can be a lot of work. And it can make you weary. And it can cause you to just want to detach. Just to ignore to just not care and so I don't want you to try to pep talk yourself okay it doesn't work you know this is not one of those conditions that if you think of all the positives in your life it will help in fact many times when we have weariness of our soul thinking about all the good things and trying to be a positive thinker is more wearisome 
So this is one of the times that you say, wow, I need to be kind. I, I need to be accepting of myself, of others. I need to believe the best of myself and of others. And the only thing that I'm going to have aspirations about is, is reminding myself that God is not weary. He does not grow tired or weary. And we can borrow from him. So try to find a slower pace. You know, don't try to race to the end. Just simply say, you know, th- this whole thing in my life, in my children's lives, in my relationships, at my job, in our country, in, in the elections, all of these things, they just take time. And if I try to race through it, I'm going to exhaust myself. It's like, you know, if you and when you were had little kiddos and you would you all your family would maybe walk around the block or if you went camping or or walking around the mall. Don't we usually have to walk the pace of the slowest person? And so many times you have kids running ahead and then they run back and then they run ahead and they run back. And who gets tired sooner? So sometimes we just need to slow it down and say, you know what, this is, this is the pace. This is how long it's going to take. <clears throat> and I can't, I can't force it. And I can't push it to some resolution sooner than what it can be. So I want you then also to increase your self-care. And we've talked so much on this show about caring for the one that God cares for, which is you. So take good care. Don't judge yourself for this. Don't think that you're weak. Don't, and if you have dark thinking, just say, you know what? That's just my mind telling me how I'm feeling. doesn't mean I'm going to buy into it. doesn't mean I'm going to believe everything I think. But I am going to take notice of it. So if I hear myself saying things like, I'm just done. I just want to quit. Who cares? What difference does it make? Why am I trying so hard? This is where you want to say, wow, I probably need some good self-care. So maybe I just need to, you know, relax for a day. Maybe I just need to watch really uplifting TV shows or sports events that, you know, I'm talking like maybe Olympics or something, that, that really cause me to feel like, wow, people are still aspiring and we can still hope in the human race. And so think about self-discipline in that way, not to make it a burden, But to say, if I had a baby and I didn't feel good, I would still take care of that baby. See, I know many of you out there are the same as myself. I would always take care of the pets, right? I might not want to take care of myself, but I would never not take care of a pet. So you want to think of yourself in the same way. If your pet is that valuable, you are that much more valuable. Because if you don't make it, who's going to take care of that pet or that child or those employees? So this is also, soul weariness is also kind of an invitation for us to reflect. Why am I feeling this way? Are my expectations inappropriate or, or unrealistic on myself or on other people? Are my expectations on God accurate? Am I getting angry with him because I'm thinking he should, could, would, ought to do something? So this is imperative that we reflect and we say, you know, what's going on? Has it just been too much lately? Does it feel like you're working too hard? You're treading water? There's no challenge? You're feeling hopeless about the current 
morale of our country or what's been going on or what you feel like is allowed or disallowed and nothing is making sense. Maybe you've had a major trauma. Maybe you lost someone that you love. Maybe you lost someone to to a long-term physical illness and they fought and fought and fought and and didn't recover. That's weary. That is weary. So you want to think about what is leading up or led up to my soul being so weary? Is it the way I've been thinking? Am I thinking with the word should a lot? The president should do this. The Democrats should do this. The Republicans should do this. My neighbors should do this. I should do this. This, you know, we, we tell people, you know, clients, stop, you know, you're shooting yourself, shooting all over yourself. You shouldn't should yourself to death. So, so think about maybe taking some responsibilities off your plate and maybe narrowing it down to saying, what's really the most important? What are the things that have to get done? And I don't know about you, but I have found many times that all these things that my mind have burdened myself with, when a catastrophic event maybe happens or maybe I get sick or I have to take time off or a family member does or something occurs that kind of puts a stop to the flow of my life, And I take care of it, and then I come back, and my life is still happening. It's still there. So sometimes we can actually take some things off our plate and say, I'm not going to be a perfectionist. I'm going to say, you know what? This is all I can do. That's all I've got. This is the best I can handle. And to not judge ourselves for that. We're not being lazy. We're being realistic, okay? If you're running a marathon, you don't sprint it. So you want to be really careful with yourself and lessen some of the burdens and recognize that as we get through this, you can can reset, you can redo. And sometimes when we have a weariness episode in our life, we actually learn to let go of some things that really didn't matter, really didn't make any difference at all. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about some more things you can do to really help with weariness. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you missed the first half of this this hour-long program, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And on the homepage, just look at the top, hit the radio button, and it will take you to the most current show. You can also visit any podcast service, and we are on most of them. So we welcome all of your feedback, and I appreciate so much you forwarding shows to your friend, downloading them, sending them, and and that you are enjoying them. And if you ever have any topic that you would like me to speak on or a guest that you think would be good for the the entire, you know, the population of who who listens, I think it would be great if you would just contact me, let me know, say, hey, Cynthia, could you talk about this for a little bit? Or what is this about that I keep hearing? Or, hey, have you heard of this so-and-so person? And, and I, w- I would very much welcome that. So we are talking about tired versus weary or soul weariness and the difference between 
just being tired and being weary. And see, when we're weary in our heart, weary in our mind, weary in our soul, weary of living, there isn't a whole lot that we can do that's going to take that feeling away. And some of it just requires some effort and some time. And when I say effort, I'm not saying that you just, you know, shore up or, or you know, bear down and I'm just going to get over this. Truly, the antidote, antidote for weariness is gentleness, is kindness, is care, and time. So tell someone how you feel. This is one of the things that you can do. In the last segment, we talked about the things that we can do to help us would be to let things be, to accept things that we can't do anything about and let God carry those burdens. We talked about finding a slower pace, increasing your own self-care, care for the one that God cares for, which is you. Take some time and reflect. How did I get so weary? Has it been the way that I'm thinking? Do I need to be disciplined in my thinking a little bit? Do I need to increase my faith, my time with the Lord, so that I get replenished, possibly? Taking some responsibilities off your plate. Maybe you're trying to do too much. But this next one, tell someone how you feel. Call your best friend. Have a good cry. Vent your frustrations, you know, to a colleague over lunch or something. Or, you know, see a therapist, right? Journal about it. Tell God, tell the universe, tell the country how angry you are, how upset you are. Just get it out and be honest with yourself especially. Excuse me. And then I want you to really connect with your spirituality to the idea of grace and love and miracles and hope and that God is a long-suffering God. And he does so many things behind the scenes that we don't even know that he's doing. And his love is so deep and so wide and so heavy and so light and so fulfilling that if we take advantage of that and really say, you know what, I just want to throw my, my, myself at the mercy of God. I just, I just want to ask for mercy. And that's one of the most beautiful things that God has. He loves to give mercy. So I also want you to take pleasure in the small things. So concentrate on what consistently brings you joy and meaning to your life. I mean, maybe you need to go take a drive out in nature. I don't know. Maybe you need to go to the dollar store and just look at fun things that are only a dollar that you could buy. Maybe you need to go to the spa. Maybe you need to go get a massage. Whatever it is that you need to do, just take pleasure in small things. Laughing at jokes. Give jokes to people. Read the comics. Watch a really sappy movie, you know, on the Hallmark Channel or something. Anything that gives you a moment or a time of hope and relief. And then I want you to remind yourself that this will pass. This will pass. It won't be forever. And we can trust the one who died for us. We can trust that God loves this world and the people in it still. And that he has not left us, he has not abandoned us, and we are not to be afraid, we are not to be discouraged. And this is where we put our hope in the one thing that never lets us down, and that is in God. Now, we may not see it 
in the moment that we give him our hope. But if you continue to give him your hope and your trust, you'll be amazed at how lighter the burden feels. You know, think about how you feel when someone trusts you. It's interesting to me that we can give God good feelings simply by the way we behave or by the way we think toward him, how we talk about him. So it's important for you to know that God is not blind to this, deaf or dumb about it, and he loves you. So join me in the last segment as we talk about some verses that you can look at when you're burdened, and I have one more or two more um, different devotionals that I think will be helpful. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And this is the last segment of our show today. So if you are just tuning in, make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And you can listen to the most current shows right there from your computer on the website, or you can go to any of your favorite podcast servers. We are probably on most of them. So if we're not, drop me a line, email me at CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com. Let me know the podcast server that you are are listening to and that you would like to show on it, and we will do the best we can to do that. So thank you again for joining me today, and we are talking today about tiredness versus weariness. And weariness needs to be treated differently than tiredness. Now, weariness means that even if I slept two days, I might not feel better. Because weariness is an emotion. And tiredness is a physical feeling. So weariness requires a different type of care. So sometimes we need to give just soul food to, to, to our being. And we can do that with Bible verses. And so there's a woman, her name is Debbie McDaniel. She's a writer and a pastor's wife. And she's a mom. And she, she has lots of things on Facebook. And I liked that she put this out on Facebook. It's 31 verses from his heart to you. And we're not going to do all 31 of them, but I want you to think about why God would talk so much about burdens and why he would talk about soul sickness and weariness and overwhelm. And so one of my favorite verses is Matthew chapter eleven twenty-eight through 30. And it says, come to me, All of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when I was first learning about this verse, I realized that if something is so burdensome to me that I'm losing hope and becoming weary, It's most likely not a burden that the Lord gave me. It's one that I took on. So he goes forward in in verse in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, and it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So isn't that interesting? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So he says, I care about you. And listen, I'm taking on the entire world's anxieties and I'm still not burdened. I'm big enough to carry it. So why are you burdening yourself with something you can do nothing about? 
He wants us to be carefree like little kids, right? Little kids don't think about whether mom and dad are making enough money. Little kids don't think about whether or not they're going to have a house to come home to or food on the table for the most part. There are certainly some children that struggle with this, but for the most part, they let the adults carry the burden. So it should be. And so God is our parent. He carries the burden. So I like this one. This is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Now, I want you to think about this. In all your ways acknowledge him. That doesn't mean I'm saying God is the one that led me to it. It's, it's me saying to God, I'm in relationship with you, and guess what I just did? I know you know it, but I need to tell you what I did because I have to own up to it. So I need to tell God, I know you know I'm weary. I'm not exactly sure how I got weary. But I need to acknowledge my way of dealing with weariness to you so that you can make my paths straight, so that you can walk me out of this instead of me getting myself deeper in to weariness. So he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians verse twelve, and, um, chapter 12, verse 9, he says, But my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. So he's not expecting something that maybe we are expecting. He says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. I'm not going to be ashamed of how I'm feeling during this time, that it is bothering me that it's burdening me, that it's wearisome, that I'm, that I'm concerned. And, and I'm going to acknowledge that to God and so, so that the power of Christ can rest in me, not my own power. So let's think about this one. I like this verse. It says, this is Psalms 138, verse 3. It says, the day that I called, you answered me. You encouraged me with strength in my soul. Is that not the antidote for weariness? In the day that I called out to you, O Lord, you answered me, and you encouraged me with strength in my soul. And Isaiah 41.10, he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So do not fear. There's a lot of fear right now, and I understand it. I have fear and anxiety sometimes, too, about where things are going. I want things to work out okay. I want things to be okay. I love our country. So God is saying to me, saying to you, don't fear. I'm with you. I'm with all of you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And this last one, Psalm 46 Verse 1, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. I love that. He's not just saying, hey, I'm a refuge and strength. Go find it. He's saying, I'm a very present help. I'm with you all the days of your life and through eternity. I will help you. So this is what I want you to hear. I, I, I love this. This is another one from Streams of the Desert, and um, very, very helpful when I read it. 
And this is what it says. The servant of the Lord must be gentle. And that's Timothy, verse 2, 24. It says, when God finally conquers us and changes our underlying nature, we receive deep insights into the spirit of Jesus. Then as never before, we see his extraordinary gentleness of spirit at work. At work in this dark and unheavenly world. Yet the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit do not automatically become evident in our lives. If we are not discerning enough to recognize their availability to us, to desire them, and then to nourish them in our thoughts, they will become embedded in the nature of our behavior. So every further step of spiritual growth in God's grace must be preceded by acknowledging our lack of godly attribute and then by exhibiting a prayerful determination to obtain it. So God is saying, I know you don't have it. <laughs> I know you can't manufacture it, and I know you can't make it. I have it for you. Acknowledge what you need, and I will give it to you. So it goes on to say that, however, very few Christians are willing to endure the suffering through which complete gentleness is obtained. We must die to ourselves before we are turned into gentleness. And our crucifixion involves suffering. It will mean experiencing genuine brokenness and a crushing of self. Oh, gosh, that's painful. But it is true. And this used to afflict the heart and conquer the mind. Today, many people are attempting to use their mental capacity and logical thinking to obtain sanctification. And it's very tempting to do. Yet this is nothing but a religious fabrication. And they believe that if they just mentally put themselves on the altar and believe the altar provides the gift of sanctification, they can then logically conclude they are fully sanctified. It's all in your head. Then they go unhappily on their way expressing their flippant theological babble about the deep things of God. And it helps no one. And it simply causes them to have more arrogancy and less gentleness and kindness. So the heartstrings of their old nature have, haven't been broken, and their unyielding character, which they inherited from Adam, obviously, has not been ground to powder. Their soul has not throbbed with the lonely, gushing groans of Gethsemane. It's kind of, Gethsemane is kind of in our presence right now. And, and this, this author goes on to say that having no scars from their deaths on Calvary, they will exhibit nothing of soft, sweet, gentle restful, victorious, overflowing, they're not going to expose any of that. But if we are willing to die to self, then we will have sweet, gentle, restful, victorious, overflowing, a triumphal life, instead of sticking and staying in the tomb. See, though that selfishness causes us to stay dead. And God wants us living. And so in Luke chapter 6, verse 35 through 30, 36, it says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind, you be kind. 
Now, you've heard me say that verse many times. But the older that I've, I, I've gotten in life, the, the more people that I have interacted with, the more healing I have seen people receive, had so much to do with gentleness, with mercy, with grace. Now, that doesn't mean I don't confront people. I confront people on a regular basis. But my confrontation is not with wrath, nor is it with judgment, and nor is it to expose in order to shame. If I confront, that confrontation for this person is similar to a parent yelling, stop, when a child is running out into the street. I want them to stop. I'm I'm worried. I I don't want them to crash and burn. And so this is why we say, you know, I, I can confront with gentleness, with kindness, with concern, with hope, with love, with forgiveness. And so I I want to encourage you today. In Jesus' calling, it says, I am the King of kings, the Lord of lords, dwelling in an unapproachable light. And I am taking care of you. I am not only committed to caring for you, but I am absolutely capable of doing so. Rest in me, my weary one. For this is a form of worship. Though self-flagellation has gone out of style, many of my children drive themselves like racehorses. They whip themselves into action, ignoring how exhausted they are. They forget I am sovereign and that my ways are higher than theirs. Underneath their driven surface, right, that service that is just driving them, they may secretly resent me as a harsh taskmaster. And their worship of me is lukewarm because I'm no longer their first love. So this is what it goes on to say. My invitation never changes. Come to me, all you who are weary. I will give you rest. Worship me by resting peacefully in my presence. God bless you today. Thank you for caring about others and for our country, our president, for our world. Go to God. Recognize that he's doing a good work in our world right now, and we can have hope and faith in that. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.